And uh, I want us just to pray and ask the Holy Spirit's anointing upon that and that God will lead us and guide us and and speak to us on this important subject called living for. And I'm going to ask that uh, Glenn Brooks would just pray a blessing over me as God's instrument to use me and teach us and the Holy Spirit would just be the teacher today and that uh, good things would happen. Brother Glenn. Father, we do thank you again, Lord God, for this gift, this ministry gift that you've placed in our local assembly. Lord, we don't take it lightly. Lord, we ask you, Father God, to help Bobby decrease, Lord God, as you'll increase in him, Lord God. I thank you that this word will be an on-time message for us today, that it'll be applicable uh, to every area of our lives, God. Now, for the hearers, Lord God, help us to be good ground hearers this morning. Help us to prepare our hearts to hear the word of God, Lord God, and to be able to go out and do that which we hear today. In Jesus' name we pray, and we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen. 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 Thank you, Glenn. Going to begin talking today about living forward, following God's trajectory for your life. I hope you pick up even in the title of the series, kind of the emphasis of what we're going to be speaking about. Uh, I believe it's important that we receive God's dreams for our lives. Really, to put it another way, this whole series that will go up through about the second Sunday of uh, second Sunday, third Sunday, yeah, third Sunday of May. Um, this whole series really is about dreams and destiny. And uh, we're going to kick it off today talking about the fact that God's got a dream for you. But it's all about God's dreams for your life, discovering them, following them, and even some practical helps so that you can avoid some of the slumps, uh, trying to help you not get stuck help you to avoid the detours, distractions, and really help you push forward to what God's destiny is for your life, regardless of where you're at on that path currently. So this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject to launch the series, God has a dream for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a dream for you. Just speak right there to him. Yeah. Good. Good job. God has a dream for you. One of my favorite missionary statesmen, his name William Carey, and he's probably best known. He's really considered the father of modern-day missions, and many would consider him one of the catalysts behind uh, modern missionary movements across the world, particularly in India, parts of Asia. And he is probably best known for this saying. Say it with me. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. How many of you, if you were honest with yourself today, would say, there's some things I wish that I would have attempted for God that I haven't done yet? How many of you have, sometimes you you look back, you take an inventory of your life and you say, I just haven't, I haven't expected enough and I haven't attempted enough in my life yet. I don't know about you, but I want to make a difference for God. I don't want my life just to be a, a, a running the rat race because how many of you know you run the rat race, you lose. You run that race, my friend, every single one of you lose. But God has a better plan for our lives. And I think this is a great uh, quote and illustration to launch us into this series talking about how to make sure we're on God's trajectory for our life. And I really believe that it takes faith and it takes the right expectations. 
Maybe you're, uh, most of you would be familiar at least with the uh, Yankee uh, baseball coach, Yogi Berra. I think sometimes he was as much of a comedian as he was a baseball player and coach. But uh, one of his sayings that I like to always recall is this one. He said, if you don't know where you're going, you might wind up someplace else. If you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. This morning, I want to give you two scriptures. These will be bedrock scriptures that we'll use not only today. In fact, next week, I'll unpack Jeremiah 29, 11 for you in a very detailed way. We'll break that down and really help you to grasp it. I know it's a scripture that's used and thrown around. In fact, sometimes I get a little offended in the way it's thrown around so lightly. But uh, we're going to dig and make sure we understand the context, interpret it properly for our life. But it's a great bedrock cornerstone scripture for this whole series. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to what? To prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Let me emphasize, hope and a future. How many think that sounds good? There's nothing about this verse that sounds negative. In fact, it was a surprising word to the people who heard it at that moment. They were in captivity. They were in a heap of trouble. And many of us today need to hear this word from the Lord that encourages us, that says, God has a plan for your life. Some of you are saying, Pastor, I'm 70 years old. What do you mean? You're, not, you're telling me God's got a plan for my life? I've been trying to live it for 25 years or, or however many years you've been trying to find it or live it. Do you know it's never too late? To see God's destiny fulfilled in your life. Some of you may have partially fulfilled that destiny. Some of you may be on the right track and just need some refinement. Others of you may honestly be here and say, I don't know that I've ever discovered truly what God's destiny and plans and purposes are for me to live out on this earth. Hopefully some light will come to that during these weeks together. The second scripture I want to just ground this series in is Psalm chapter 139, verses 16 through 19. And uh, let, let, let me just read it to you. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. You just stop and think about that. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. Some of you need to know that God is thinking about you. He's had some thoughts about you this week. You ever reflected on that? The, the psalmist says, every day, every moment, how precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They can't even be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. You're still there. And you're still with me. I don't know about you, but just reading that as I was meditating on that chapter this week, I was just encouraged. Just, just to realize the big picture. You saw me even before I was born. We'll come back to that verse in a moment. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. If you have not already discovered your dream, if you've not already discovered 
you hopefully realize how much in life that you're missing. My message to you this morning is we all need to dare to dream God's dreams. Before we can dare to dream them, we have to perceive them and conceive them. We have to get an understanding and a revelation of what is God's dream for my life. And, and the, maybe one of the greatest things to avoid in life is, and I say this from my uh, seasoned perspective, and others here might say they would agree with this, regret. Who wants to live with regret? What is regret? You could have regret as a 12-year-old. But I find that the older people become, the more seasoned, the more mature they become, they actually begin to collect and stack up more and more regret. And it's regret that goes like this. What if? What would have? What could have? And what I want to say to you this morning and through this series is, let's just lay aside all those regrets and let's, God, let's allow God just to heal us to the point that we're willing to take new bold steps for God into his destiny for our life. I don't believe any dream is too old not to be restored. I don't believe that there is a destiny that God has. God has numbered your days. He, is, he figured out your destiny and purpose before you were even conceived. And I never believe it's too late to revisit God's destiny and plan for your life. No regrets. Can you agree with me? No regrets. Don't want to go to my grave with regrets. Don't want to go another year in my life with regrets. Let's get God's dream and let's make it happen. You know, dreaming is not new to us. There are many examples in Scripture. And today I'm not going to really digress into them because I want to share with you four important facts about dreams. But just to give you a quick overview, just a couple of examples. I mean, there were dreamers from Genesis to Revelation. Maybe one of the best known dreamers was Joseph. He was a well-known dreamer. Joseph's life was a dream that digressed into a nightmare on the road to glory. And then, of course, we have Abram, and Abr who became Abraham. And Abraham was a man whose dream required him to leave the comforts and the conveniences of home and a land that was familiar to him and leave his own family's security in order to accomplish God's destiny for his life. What about the Apostle Paul? a well-known uh, abuser and harasser of Christians and the Christian faith, and yet an amazing leader, an amazing thought leader, an amazing life leader who became the greatest leader in the early church. The Apostle Paul, the greatest leader in the early church who refused to allow his horrible past to thwart his service for God. What about the 12 disciples who spent time with Christ himself? A very unlikely company of common men. Very unlikely. Who happened to believe that they could change the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. Dreamers are common throughout the Bible. And we'll spend some time over the next weeks using some of these leaders and others and, and men and women of God in the Bible as, as examples to stir and spur us on in our own ability to live forward. Let me offer you today four dream statements 
These are facts about dreams that I think you can, you can note them, you can reflect on them. Hopefully uh, you are one that receives our, our notations. We send out notes every Saturday uh, that provide for you basically what you see on the screens here that uh, are projected for you on Sundays. We provide that for you. If you you say, I'd kind of be interested in that. You, you give your email address and name to someone here before you leave today, and we'll make sure that gets into the right department. Can I offer these to you? Very basic, very fundamental, but very important. Number one, God has a dream for your life. For your life, God has a dream. To many of us, it's like, oh, well, of course, you know, that's, that's, we all know that. As we just read from Psalm 139, God's actually had a dream for us before we were born. He knows our days. He knows how we are built. He knows everything about us. I believe each one of us has a dream that God has been wanting to put into our hearts. Not the kind of dream like winning the lottery. I'm not talking about that. Which is frankly not a dream. It's really a desire to escape your present circumstances. Come on, someone say amen this morning. I'm talking about a vision from God deep down inside of us that speaks and resonates in our very soul. It gives us purpose. It gives us to something to walk out in our day-to-day life. God has a dream for your life. I'm talking about the thing that you were born to do. Have you already accomplished that? Have you done what you were born to do? Something that draws your own giftings and talents and experiences, that appeals to your highest ideals, that sparks the feeling of destiny in your life, that is inseparably linked to your purpose, the dream that links you to the success of the journey between the lines of a time to be born and a time to die. What connects the dots between your time to be born And your time to die. That is your destiny and purpose. Yes, many people miss that. Does God love us in spite of the fact that we might be, and by the way, the good news is that there are plan B's and plan C's and plan C.1. That's good. Because God is the God of a second chance and a third chance and whatever it may be. I don't know what number I'm on, but I'm somewhere down in there. But you know what I found regardless of my own failures and my own sometimes uh, misses? That God has this supernatural, sovereign, God-like ability to take the circumstances of my life. And if I'll follow him and if I'll really have a sense for his dream, he knows how to weave that thing out to where all things work together for good. We're called according to a purpose. Uh, Maybe one of the most exciting seasons of life for me And I wouldn't have been able to speak to this 30 years ago. But it's coming to a place that Robert J. Clinton would refer to as the the light, the phase of convergence for a leader. Convergence is that phase where all the experiences and and the ups and the downs of life and and your developed expertises and all finally all come together and you finally get to this point and, and it happens at different times. Usually it's somewhere between, say, 45 and 65 years of age. And you finally get to a point you feel like you're there and you're like, 
Wow, the fog lifted and I actually think I know what I'm here on earth to do. I actually can see it and it's beginning to happen. Wow, and stuff starts sparking on the inside of you. A sense of I'm, I'm close to God's purpose. And, and, and then you begin to realize what is your sweet spot? Finding your sweet spot in life can make all the difference in the world. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not a good golfer, and those of you who've been golfing with me would testify to that. I go maybe once every 18 months, you know, that's why I'm not a good golfer. But I sure enjoy the thought of it. I enjoy the, the idea of being a golfer. I'm captured by that. And so I'm more of an observer than a golfer. But uh, this weekend happens to be the, the, the Masters uh, Tournament. And I got a call from my youngest son who informed me that he won in the business that he's involved with in Atlanta a ticket to the Masters yesterday. So I've been fighting jealousy, anger, resentment, bitterness. So y'all have to pray for me because I'm confessing sin this morning to you. I've been fighting it because I know people have been waiting in the lottery system for 20 years just to get a ticket to the Masters. And my son, who could care less about golf, went all day yesterday. All of that to say that in the game of golf, you learn that you can't just hit that little white ball anywhere on the club face. This is at least what I'm told. I I don't know that I've ever hit it right, but I'm told that there is a sweet spot on the club face. The difference between hitting the white ball anywhere else on the club and hitting it in the sweet spot is that when you hit it in the sweet spot, it goes maximum distance with minimum effort. Maximum distance result with minimum effort. I believe God has a sweet spot for Leander Knox. I believe God has a sweet spot for Ron Bulger. I believe God has a sweet spot for Irene Hobson. I believe God has a sweet spot in life for every one of us that is intangibly but interlocked with destiny and purpose. And the sooner that we can realize and go through stuff and go through life and go through all that we go through, if I can just get to that point, press through into convergence and then find my sweet spot. Woo! I can begin to have some maximized results. And it feels like I'm not even, I'm not even trying. It's just happening. Why? I'm in my sweet spot. And you know what I've learned? It makes it a whole lot easier for the way I make decisions in life. Because at some point you have to figure out life is all about what you say yes to and what you say no to. And whenever you discover your sweet spot, it's easy because anything outside your sweet spot, no thank you. God bless you, but no thank you. And then you can just begin to say yes to everything that's in your sweet spot. How many say, I'd like to discover that for my life? Oh, it's so precious. Listen, God's dream for your life predates, predates the stars and the galaxies. Isn't that encouraging? Ephesians 1.11 says, in him... We were also chosen. You were chosen. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything into conformity with the purpose of his will. 
Listen, God has a will and he has chosen you. Just look at yourself for a moment and say, I'm chosen. I am chosen. Yeah, you're chosen. You're predestined. I'll never forget one of the most moving moments in my life. And I'm certain it's true with anybody here who has parented a child. Was that moment when I was a young man and Carrie was giving birth to our firstborn son. And um, I was in the delivery room, quite a bit different than the way they do it these days. But we were allowed to be in the delivery room, all masked up. And I'm there, standing there watching the birth of my firstborn son. And after he was born, normal birth, praise God, everything was good. And they confirmed that he was healthy and whole. And they took that baby boy and, 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 and wrapped him up and put him in Papa's hands. I, I, I have to tell you, uh, my wife will tell you, I'm not much of a crier. Uh, I moved, but I don't demonstrate it with a whole lot of tears. Um, we, could, we have an ongoing list of my crying moments that uh, she, <laughs> Carrie will, she keeps a record of. That was one. I didn't know I couldn't talk. I didn't know how to express myself. I was holding this, this baby, this infant, this tiny little thing that all I could think about was the dreams that I had, the anticipations that I had for that boy in my arms. And the thought, just this overwhelming thing in your head, like that's part of me? My code, my genetic code is in this bundle. And I'm, I just, it was just more information than I could handle. And I just resulted with just a breakdown for the moment, you know. And I remember turning the baby back over to Carrie and the doctors and nurses. And I went out in the hall and I just slumped down in the hall in that hospital. And I just, I was overcome with dreams for my son. What he might be. In fact, I knew that God had marked his life for a purpose. Did you know that that is microscopic and insignificant compared to the heart of Father God? When you were born, and how Father God has a dream for you and he wants to see it fulfilled. I don't know that there's any way that we can compare that sense, that human level to the divine. I believe that God's dream for you is your destiny. Just make note that God's dream for me is my destiny. And destinies are not guaranteed. They're not guaranteed. And maybe one of the saddest things is doing a funeral for someone that you know who hasn't come close to God's destiny for their life. And I, I don't bet you, but I'm absolutely motivated and energized, constrained by God's love to make certain that I fulfill his destiny for my life.
The second fact I want to share with you, and these are very basic, as I said, but they're fundamental to what we're talking about. God shapes us to fulfill our purpose and destiny, which simply means that, that when, when God created you, you were created already with his destiny already in mind. You weren't just an afterthought. The color of your hair or, or the amount of hair or, or, or your internal natural talents or abilities or all those things, those weren't just accidental. Come on, someone say amen. When God created you, he created you, shaped you, wired you, put those chromosomes together, put the, put the genes together in such a way as to what? Be able to make his destiny a reality in your life. You are shaped, designed, and made by God for something special. Ephesians 2.20 says that we're created. We are God's masterpiece. We are created for his purpose. The verse says in verse 10, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Why? So that we can do. Do you hear that? So that we can do something with our life. It's not just a matter of getting saved. It's not just a matter of knowing we have our eternal insurance policy paid up. It's a matter of knowing what God wants to do in you and through you. The good things he has planned for you, and he planned them before you were ever born. And he put into you the DNA and the abilities and the talents and everything that you need that will match you up with a destiny. Some of us think, you know, I know God's got some good things for me, but man, I've got to go get my PhD in order to get there, and I haven't done this, and I haven't... God's already, I'm not saying there are not things for you to do to develop yourself. I'm not saying there's not things to do to add to what is naturally in you. But I'm telling you the raw material is already there. The raw material is there. And I've got news for you. I can't lay hands on you and impart it. You know, that'd be great if we just get somebody, you know, somebody from out of town. You know, if you're, if you live a hundred miles away, you're an expert, you're anointed, you know. Bring someone in from over 100 miles away and let them lay hands on everybody so we can get our destiny. It just doesn't work that way, friend. God's already put in you the raw material. And now there's something I ask of you to walk that out. Wow. God shaped us. Number three, your dream will determine your future. It's the Golden Gate Bridge, isn't it? And if you've ever been there in person, you could speak of its majesty. Words hardly describe. I, I feel sorry for people who live there because they, they're around it so much. They drive it. They cross it. They use it. They just don't think about it. You do a little history study on what was involved in the building of that bridge and the, the architect's vision for it and the opposition that the architect and the engineers received and how many years and decades it took just to get the money to build it. But it all started as a dream in this man's heart. If you ever get a chance to go there, you could stand there and you, there's a plaque right there close to where this picture is taken and you could stand there and read the entire story of this man who dreamed of a bridge that would cross those turbulent waters in that bay. 
The Empire State Building is a similar architectural miracle. In fact, most things that you see today, if you look at something that's magnificent, something that's impressive, something that's remarkable, did you know that those things began as a dream? As a, as a, as a Holy Spirit spark idea. We're blessed people. We're blessed to live only a few miles away from the campus of CBN and Regent University. And you can have whatever opinions you want to have about Dr. Pat Robertson. And I'm the first to tell you, as having served under his leadership in many different capacities, I'm the first to tell you that I wouldn't necessarily agree with everything that Pat says or does. I don't know that you'll ever have a leader that you'll agree with everything that they do. But I'll tell you one thing, don't talk about him until you've done what he's done. Just don't talk about it until you have accomplished as much as he's accomplished. Just go spend 15 minutes and walk around the campus of Regent University and observe and look at what's there that's tangible, that's actually brick and mortar and programs and people and systems and and all that's involved. You say, well, all that's just, uh, I know it's all just material, but what my point is, it's the result of a dream. It just started with a dream, an inspired Holy Spirit moment where he conceived of like, God said, build a school for my glory. He said, oh, all of that couldn't have just started with that. Build a school for my glory. Did you know that maybe God has already sparked a dream in you? That you have yet to fulfill. Everything that you can see begins with a dream, with a vision. I love the illustration that's told of Walt Disney. How many of you have ever been to Disney World, Disneyland? <clears throat> Y'all don't travel much, do you? Yeah. Uh, how many of you have seen a Disney film? <laughs> All right, I'm just checking, make sure y'all are awake at this early service. Um, Walt Disney's widow, after he had passed, uh, was being interviewed after they had finished the completion of the construction of Disney World there in Orlando area. And the reporter remarked to uh, Walt Disney's wife and said this, isn't it a shame that your husband never got to see this? He didn't live long enough to see this. <laughs> Mrs. Disney quickly interjected and corrected him. She said, he did see it. That's why it's here. Go woman, go, right? Go ahead, stand up for your husband like that. He saw it. He saw it before anybody else saw it. You'll never do anything great unless you see it first. Are y'all hearing me? Nothing for God, nothing for mankind. You have to see it before you do it. You think Jesus came to this earth and didn't see the end from the beginning? It all starts with a dream. Your dream will determine your future. We all know the verse of Scripture found in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people what? They perish. They don't prosper. They don't do well. They perish. Literally what that means is that when people have nothing to live for, when people have nothing to live for, they cast off restraint. 
You need something to live for. What are you living for? What are you expecting God to do in and through your life? Anything? Are you just living for the sake of living? Are you just breathing for the sake of breathing? God forbid that you would just be trying to do enough to barely get by so that you can just exist and somehow, you know, put a few dollars into your retirement account and the more the better is fine. But, but, but my point is why? Why? I have come to this conclusion in working with people, coaching people and consulting organizations and and trying to figure my own life and future out. There's two major questions you can always ask about something. You can ask the how, or you can ask the why. Answering the why question should always precede the how. And a lot of you and me, we get stuck in answering the how without knowing why. So as you leave even today, I'm going to give you one more point, but start asking yourself about life in general. And some of us are so busy, we don't have time to think about life. We don't have time to think about these big subjects. We're too busy just making it, changing diapers and getting the kids out of school and all the stuff. Stop a moment and just say, why? Why am I here? What am I doing? Why should we dream? Because dreams determine things for us. I'll quickly go to number four, but a dream provides you three things. Number one, a reason to go, a path to follow, and a target to hit. You say, why should I dream? Why should I have something, a vision sparked in me from God? Because you need a reason to go somewhere. You're all going somewhere. You need a reason to go. You need a path to follow, and you need a target to hit. Dreams are all about destination. Destiny, get it? Destiny, destination. The last point I'll leave you with is simply a challenge. We must all dare to dream. We must all dare to dream. The utopias of looking at the Bible, looking at the utopian creation in Genesis... And fast forward to the end of the story in Revelation and you look at God's creation, the heavenly, all that happens eschatologically in the end and what God has there. If you look, both of them are utopias. The Bible begins with a utopia and it ends with a utopia. What does that show us? It shows us and reveals to us the, the, the visionary nature of God himself. That's what underscores the fact what I'm telling you this morning. God has a dream for you. God is a God of dreams and visions. To fulfill your dream, listen to me carefully, it won't just happen. It doesn't occur that easy. Great things are never accomplished that easy. And we'll be we'll be digressing into some of the things that that means. It involves some planning. It involves, some, it involves a number of things we'll be dealing with over the next weeks. But I just want you to start off by knowing it takes your intentionality. You're going to need some courage to dream big dreams. 
What God's destiny is for your life may take you, have to require you to step up to a whole new place of faith that you haven't been before. Some of you will make a difference in a community, in an unreached people group, in a place around the world that has never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Some of your purposes have to do with changing a new generation of people. Some of, who knows what God's dream is for you, but I know this, to fulfill it, to track with it, you have to be intentional. And one of my greatest concerns for Christians who are just going through the motions today is that they are not purpose-driven and not intentional about the way they live life. You must dare to dream God's dreams. I hope that this morning we've stirred your thinking up to imagine what great things God has for you. How many of you would just agree to me, with me as we pray and close? Just say, I'm determined to make a greater discovery on what God's destiny is for my life. Say, I'm committed to knowing that. How many of you say, I will begin to work on, it isn't just a matter of waving your hand at me, I'll begin to work on this daring to dream. How many of you would do that? Here's what I want to do as we close out this service. I, I, I do something just a little bit different because I'm watching my, my time very carefully. Uh, now with two services, we have transitional issues, right? By the way, when you go out of the parking lot, we prefer you to go that way, by the way. Anyway, it will help those who are coming in this way. Uh, I want to pray. Where's Ryan? Ryan, come here. Carla and Ryan, come here. I have enough time that we can do this as a congregation this morning. And we were going to gather and pray over Ryan. Some of you pastoral advisory team members and some of the other, anybody that walks and operates in the gift of faith and gift of healing, just come and, and stand with me right now. Stand right here, guys. I'm going to talk about you. Just face everybody else there. We're all going to pray for you. I don't have time to give you the background of the story, but uh, we're going to lay hands on Ryan this morning. We're going to believe God for a miracle. If you don't believe in miracles, you can go ahead and leave now. That's fine if you'd like to. But we're going to believe God for a miracle. Ryan has already received a partial miracle and a lot of evidence that backs it up. Uh, regarding a condition in his uh, spine, his vertebrae. I can't even pronounce it, okay? So I won't even attempt that. But we're going to pray and ask God. He expects that God is going to complete this miracle. He's been standing, believing for a good while. And I said, brother, just give us the chance to just agree with you. And the Browns are new in our church, and most of you don't even know them, but we know the God that can heal the vertebrae. Amen. We know that God that can remove and recreate. Did God make it in the first place? So I know this is going to stretch some of us to believe, but I want to ask that you would just believe with me. Will and Stacy, y'all come on up here now. Y'all are good friends with these guys. Come on up here uh, and lay hands on them. Anybody that just feels a prompting from the Holy Spirit that uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are here to minister, and we're just going to lay hands in faith and agreement on Ryan. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Church, you pray and agree as I just lay hands and speak the words and the rest of you agree. The Bible says, Lord, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
We believe, Lord, that when you spoke the worlds into existence, it was through the creative power of your word. And so today we speak your words of faith over Ryan's spine, his spinal column, over the nerves, over the bones, over every tissue that is in his back and the healing that has begun. We speak right now continued healing and complete restoration. Every area of paralysis in his body, we ask for a healing from heaven today. We declare over Ryan's physical body that let what is being done in heaven, let it be revealed here on earth and in Ryan's back, in his neck, in his body. We speak life into his body right now. We speak healing into his body right now. We thank you, Jesus, that your plan, your complete plan is coming to fruition as we stand in agreement for this miracle. For this miracle. For this miracle, Jesus, many will come to Christ. When hearing of this testimony, many will be astounded and amazed because we know that you're the God of possibilities. Hallelujah. And right now in Jesus' name, we agree and we decree that Ryan's body is healed and whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Thank y'all so much. Praise God. Keep believing. Would all of you stand to your feet? Prayer teams come to the front. If you have a, if you have a need in your life, and I, I just felt that we need a lot of agreement for the Browns on this, but there are prayer teams that are going to come forward and be available here in the front. And if you have a prayer need in your life, maybe you don't even know Christ that we speak of today. You can know him today. Come and let one of these teams pray with you and agree with you. And we believe that God will meet your need. Uh, I'm going to ask that Brent would just come and close our service out with speaking a blessing over us as we leave today. God bless you.